Hey guys, I'm Randy. Therefore, I am Daniel. We're two lifelong friends and musicians, but when we're not playing gigs, we like to talk games. And today, on the Gaming Gig Podcast, we're talking about has the Nintendo Switch peaked, and what do we want from the next version of the console? Has the Switch finally peaked? You know, are we finally at the top of the mountain? The, the hybrid console mountain, if you will, and you will. Because Randy, the impossible has happened. And last week, the PS5 outsold the Switch in Japan. Barely, but it did. Hey, a W is a W. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of strange because this hasn't happened, right? I mean, like, Right, and we didn't think it ever would. I mean, well, I mean, eventually. We thought this day would never come. Eventually, the Switch Both has to Both of us drop. thought this would never happen. Yeah, we, we never, we thought it would never happen. So, yeah, the PS5 outsold the Switch by about 200 units in yep. Japan, which, I mean. 252 units, according to these numbers. Right. So that's bare, and, you know, and also we got to keep in mind that these are, we were getting these off the Famitsu charts, and they are, as far as I know, like, close numbers, but I think there are some estimations that go on in that. So well, I mean, they're, they're known to lie. I don't know about lie, but... <laughs> I mean, these numbers aren't exact, is what I'm getting at, but they, they're close. So, I mean, this could be within margin of error, but still, right. you know, like, Probably based not. on the numbers we have, the PS5, very slim, but still outsold the Switch in Japan, which hasn't happened in years. Well, I mean, I should say that the PS5 hasn't even been yeah, around for years. It hasn't happened for years. But uh, the Switch has been the number one selling console in Japan for years and years and years, pretty yeah. much ever since it came out. Yep. Yeah. So because of that, it's a little weird. I mean, this is a strange thing. We think like, is the switch on its decline? Is it is it reached the peak and now it's just you know going off? Uh, what what do you think? Do you think that it is? I mean, obviously we're at the tail end. It's been seven years. Yeah, I think uh, has it been that long? No, it's been it's been uh, no. Si- this will be at this six will be year. at six years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Not seven. I think it's very possible. I mean, and the fact that it took this long is is honestly a testament to how great it was and is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that I just said was, I think speaks volumes. Right. I think that, um, I don't think this is going to be something that holds. I do think the switch will take back that number one place. Yeah. But uh, it won't hold it for another several years. No, I think that it will I take it back. Be a tip uh, for tap. I think that over this holiday, um, the switch will be the number one selling console in Japan, but I, I think the PS5 will give it a run for its money. I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see them start going back and forth. Yeah, no, I wouldn't um, either. You know, depending on what games are coming out, you know. And Especially, you know, as PS5s become more and more available. And they are, right. So, um, that speaking of things becoming more and more available, of course we know the PS5 has become more available mm-hmm. everywhere, yep. but um, in Japan especially. And the Switch has actually seen some shortages in Japan. Now, not in the United States, but in Japan specifically, uh, it's been a little bit harder to find a Switch lately. Mm-hmm. There's been photos going around of, uh, you know, stores that are completely sold out of all the Switches. The bare shelves. Well, I mean, like, it's just a thing that has happened in Japan. And uh, there's, it's obviously speculation, but a lot of people are thinking that this may actually be on purpose, that Nintendo is stockpiling um, systems in preparation for the new Pokemon game that's coming out. And that makes a lot of sense because Pokemon's going to sell like hotcakes. Right. And if you don't have... I mean, people are going to be buying Switches for that game. 
Right. So that makes perfect sense. Right. And just as an example, uh, the Switch this past week sold 38,000 units in Japan. And I think last time a new Pokemon game came out, say Sword and Shield, mm-hmm. I think the Switch sold like 150,000 or maybe more than that in one week. Yeah. So, I mean, the numbers are going to be crazy when this new Pokemon game comes out. And they want to have you know units on shelves to, to meet right. that demand. So. Right. So, I mean that could be part of it that they're just purposely holding back just to get ready for the you know the pokemon craze or the wave i should say or maybe all the nintendo execs are just holding back because they want them all for themselves likely yeah you know that's very mean? likely maybe their switch is getting a little long in the teeth and they're like i need well i mean I their, need their switch 300 is prob- more their switches probably all have a little bit of stick drift so they're mm-hmm. you know new systems they want to have they're know. really just stockpiling them for the joy con right yeah it's not about the Switch system itself. It's really just about the Joy-Con. And they want those sexy white Joy-Con. Must be real. <laughs> well, who doesn't? But um, so th- really this comes down to the question of, you know, has everyone who wants a Switch largely already purchased one? And I would say that the majority of people who want a Switch probably already have. Probably. But there's always going to be those people who are who have been on the fence, who are you know convinced by something that comes out, like Pokemon. Like, like, like Pokemon. I mean, yeah, that happened definitely. to me really early in the Switch when Smash got announced. Right. You were definitely you were you held off for a while. I mean, yeah. not like you know you were the type of person that you you said, well, I want there to be games that I really want to play on this system before I buy it. Yeah. And there was Breath of the Wild, but I somehow hadn't convinced you that Breath of the Wild was worth it yet. Well, I knew that eventually Smash would get announced <laughs> and I would buy it, and then I knew I would play Breath of the Wild. I always knew I would play Breath of the Wild. That was not a. Right. I never poo pooed Breath of the Wild. I know, but. I, I would argue that Breath of the Wild was worth getting the system for oh, it, without it, having to wait. Oh, 100% it is. Yeah. <laughs> 100% it is. But I'm, you know how I am, man. I'm obsessed with Smash. Yeah, yeah. I always have been. So, you know, to find out, you know, if everyone who if everyone who wanted a Switch has already purchased one, um, I did a poll and asked, you know, our followers, you know, if you have, do you own a Switch? Um, so I gave the options of yes, I own a Switch or no, but I want one. And then, no, they're not interested. And uh, I think figured that if we get a bunch of those, you know, no, but I want one, Mm -hmm. we know that there are still people out there who are going to buy a Switch probably or at least plan to. Right. Yeah. And at 68%, we got yeses. Mm -hmm. Uh, 14% no, but I want one. And 18% not interested. And that 14% is small, but it's nothing to, like, scoff at. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you can extrapolate that to a bigger sample size and it's... Right, and that's... That's a lot of people. That's exactly what I did. So I took and said like, okay, let's say, let's just use our data that we have and let's just assume that the data holds true, you know, no matter how you scale it. Obviously, this is not an exact science. It's far from it, but we can still at least gain some sort of knowledge from this. Mm-hmm. So I took that, um, the how many units we know the Switch is sold, uh, which was the last time we got it was back in August, the numbers, and it was 111 million. So I took the 68%, and so I divided 111 by 68, and then took that number and multiplied it by 14 to find out, you know, how many million these might translate to to additional sales. Yeah. And um, that would give us 22.8 million more units that might be sold using our data. Which appears to reach a fairly significant milestone. Well, it would be 133 million lifetime if that happened, which is about 20 million short of being the best-selling console of all time. Which was the well, we have like the what the DS and the PS2, which are kind of tied mm-hmm. to that, like a hundred and it's like a hundred over 150 million, maybe 155, somewhere around there, um, in the 150s. 
low 150s. Mm. So, you know, I think that actually our data is rather skewed beyond the, you know, yeah. obviously it's not great data. Well, obviously, I mean, it's our data. How could it be yeah. great? But We're just also, too rednecks. But also our audience are largely gamers, you know. Right. I would say so. <laughs> and I'd say that gamers are more likely to have purchased a Nintendo Switch um, than the general, like, casual public. Mm-hmm. And we got to keep in mind the Switch is pretty popular amongst like casuals. It is. You know, I, I work at a school and I ask teachers all the time, like if I find out they have kids, mm-hmm. I'll be like, do you guys have a switch? And most of them do. Right. So if we say that like maybe the numbers of people who want one or potentially want one is probably higher than what our audience would have, would, yeah. would show. So I'd say that, you know, saying 22.8 additional units being sold in its lifetime, I'd say that's a low number. I'd say that it's who knows? Maybe even double that number. Triple. I mean, who knows? I Quadruple. Mean, <laughs> we we can only assume, right? But so I say that no, I I, I think that the switch is probably going to definitely slow down. Yeah, it's got to. It's got to, right? But I don't think it's done. Um, I still think it has a chance of being that best-selling console of all time, mm-hmm. especially if we get a pro. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. Yeah. Teaser. Because first, I want to talk Hashtag about... Hashtag retention rate. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, we need it. Um, the comments on this poll. I think that this also sheds a little bit of life on it. So here's for that first one, Daniel. All right. So old Ralph Stanley, <clears throat> I mean Ralph Daly, <laughs> says, I told myself that I would buy a Switch as soon as the Metroid Prime game announced at launch <laughs> was released. I still don't have one. No, you don't, Ralph. <laughs> no. And you may never. <laughs> but, you know, this really shows that, like, there are people who are just waiting for the right game to yeah. jump on the Switch. You know, they're like, I'll play it when this game is. Kind of like you when you said, I'll, I'll buy a Switch once Smash is announced. Yeah. Well, obviously, waiting for Metroid Prime is maybe a fool's errand. But yeah, I understand, and that does sting. The fact that back Metroid Prime 4 announced in 2017, and yeah. we still haven't gotten even another look at it. It's ridiculous. I hate that crap so much. Well, we got to keep in mind that the development restarted. So I know, but it's been a long time since it restarted, man. Yeah, it's been a number of years now. I mean, we've got nothing. Yeah, nothing. It hurts. It just hurts. Maybe 2023 is the year for Metroid Prime. Maybe. I mean, I'm just glad we at least got Dread. That was... True. What do you mean at least got Dread? Like, Dread was amazing. So... Right. I'm very happy with Metroid on the Switch, but... Uh, I sure wish there was Prime. But I would say, Ralph, that if you're interested in a Switch, like, there are so many great games on it. You know, waiting for Metroid Prime may, you you may be waiting forever. So if there are games you want to play on the Switch, I'd say it's always a good time to get into it. Oh, yeah. And if you're a Metroid fan and you haven't played Dread since you don't own a Switch, there's the game to buy it for right there. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd say Dread. I personally, like, Dread was one of my favorite games of last year, and... I, I think that it's definitely worth buying the system, even if you just play, you know, Dread. But, I mean, obviously there's more games that are great, you know, Breath of the Wild, obviously. And there's longer games. Dread's not exactly long, but it's a tight, like, eight to ten hours. And it's got some replay value, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, there you go. So, next we had uh, Determined Torres. Uh, thank you for commenting again on our polls. Said, I used to have one, or, yeah, but it doesn't click with me anymore. I wish I could make it click, but I can't. Have you tried buying a new Joy-Con? <laughs> that could help. I mean, if it won't click, like, I get it. You can't play it. Oh, that hurts. Um, what now? Your joke. The click joke about clicking buttons. That wasn't a joke. I was trying to give advice. 
Well, it's good advice. If you if your Joy Cons don't click, you need new ones. Yeah. The way you reacted to that, I, and your arm was kind of hanging down. I thought you'd hurt your arm. You were like, like, "Oh, oh that no!" Hurts. It just hurt me deep. It like gave me a uh, maybe mm. a was a, a heart, heart attack, attack that gets your arm like. Yeah, I think it gave me a heart attack. I don't remember which arm that is, but yeah. Yeah, it was a gave me it gave me a heart attack, a little mini one. Well, I'm glad you made it, buddy. Yeah. Uh, look, if this system doesn't click with you anymore, I get it. I mean, I would say I wonder what games you were playing on the system that make it like Breath of the Wild. No, no way it's not going to click with you if you're just playing. <laughs> if you already put like hundreds of hours into it, maybe. Well, if you're done with it, yeah. yeah. But there, are, I still like, my time with the Switch definitely waxes and wanes. Like, mm-hmm. how much I'm playing it changes. Yeah, I'm in a wane right now with the Switch. Yeah, I'm currently playing a lot of Switch because Bayonetta 3 came out, Sparks of Hope came out, and I've been playing those games. So, like, I've been spending a ton of time on Switch. Yeah. I, I almost bought Nier Automata for Switch. But I decided to go with PC, so and we'll talk about that later. But yeah, so I almost got heavy back at the Switch. I obviously, you know, what it, it's strange because when we're talking about a console here, it's not really about like what the console can or. I, I think the idea for the Switch console, I think, clicks with just about everybody. Yeah. So if it's not clicking with you, I think it's got to be what games are there, and maybe I mean. Yep. I think it depends on what games interest you. Oh yeah, for sure. So. All right, we got uh, old Brandon Dr. And Brandon, I like your uh, Akatsuki, um, I don't know if that's called, uh, your your profile picture there. Anyway, uh, got mine last week, he says. So people are obviously still buying the Switch. Yep, obviously. Yeah, I would, I would want to know, Brandon, what game or <clears throat> games finally convinced you to buy a Switch? Like, what was it? What was the thing that, you know? Finally made you like, yep, I'm jumping in. Especially yeah. this far into the life. Like, you held off for a long time. What changed your mind? Yeah, and just a little personalized recommendation. The Naruto Ninja Storm games play great. Oh. <laughs> He's got a Naruto. I know I know that. I I, I, I caught on to that. You, went, you wouldn't get it. I wouldn't understand it because I'm not a Naruto fan. So, um, what we have here, TN. Is this a TN? TN Rock Rock? TN Rock Rock. All right. I want one so bad. So bad. We'll go get you one. Yeah. I mean, um, I can understand. If I if I had gone all these years without getting a Switch, there are so many games that I would have felt like I, that I've missed out on. I just want you to know I'm about to cough. Go ahead and cough. <coughs> TN, what'd you do to Daniel? I fought that for so long. What did you do to Daniel? <coughs> you, you choked him up. With this your, is what happens to me. With your, it's like I get like a, I go through like phases where I cough a lot for like a few seconds, and then I'll stop for hours. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I think Tian's story just made you choke up. Maybe the fact that Tian wants one but doesn't have one. It spoke, that certainly hurt me. It spoke to you. Oh, it speaks to me. Yeah. So. <coughs> All right. <clears throat> so judging by you know our poll that says 14 percent of people who were polled still want to switch, but don't have one yet. And then combined with the fact that we, you know, largely have a lot of comments about people who, you know, it's mixed. Some people saying, you know, they want one or that they, you know, just got one. But then we have people who are saying, you know, it doesn't click with them. I get that, but you probably, you had one. So yeah. <laughs> you clicked at one point and then Ralph here saying, um, you know, waiting, well, waiting on the right game. Oh, Ralph. I thought Ralph. you were talking about Roth Rock there. No, no, no. I was like, Ralph. His name's Roth, not Ralph. No, Ralph, Ralph Stanley. Ralph Stanley, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the old rank stranger himself. So I personally think that 
the thing that would help the switch the most right now mm-hmm. is we need a, a refresh. We need mm-hmm. we need something more powerful. Absolutely. What a what a novel thought. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're gonna get it eventually. Yeah, we're gonna get it. I, as long as Nintendo doesn't Nintendo and decide that they're just going to give up and move on to something completely different. God, I hope not. The Switch is so good. It makes sense. Do you think they were planning a refresh with the OLED and then like because of chip shortages and all that had to go with what they went with? Yes. I absolutely think that. <clears throat> that, that I kind of do too. That when the OLED happened, that that was supposed to be the Switch Pro. Mm-hmm. And they weren't able to get all the parts because that was, what, 2020? Yep. The year. It was the it was so all the only thing they had been able to get were these OLED screens. And they were like, well, you know, let's at least give some sort of upgrade. Let's push an OLED model. And honestly, I was on the fence about the OLED model up until its release. And then the moment I had a chance to buy one, I jumped on it anyway. Yeah. So like obviously I like the idea more than maybe I initially thought I would. Well, we got our OLEDs the same day and they they really are great. Yeah, they're they're awesome, but still, I would, I know, I would immediately jump on a oh me too on a refreshed switch that was more powerful in some ways. So let's talk about what we would want from a you know refresh switch or the Switch Two or whatever you want to call it, Switch Pro. What do you yeah. want from it? Well, I think you know a little bit of the rough blueprint of that is kind of already exists in the Steam Deck for me personally. But I want it even more. You know, I want like more of, of what that brings, right? So I want it to be more powerful, namely. You know, I want it to be able to run bigger, more complex games, mm-hmm. you know, that take more power. Um, so like I would say like in terms of the power thing, you know, like right now the Switch has no problem generally playing like Xbox 360, PS3 era games. Mm-hmm. But it... It starts to struggle when you get into like PS4, yeah. um, you know, Xbox One games. It gets a lot of those, but it's not always running them the best that it could be. Right. And that's previous gen. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Switch yeah. kind of existed in that But gen, let's so. say the next one comes up. Let's just say realistically it runs PlayStation 4 and like um, Xbox One, like that level of games, no problem. Would you be happy with that? And then like that? struggles through PS5. Yeah, yeah. Series X. Um, I mean, ideally, I would love for it to just catch up and be on par. No way but it's going to. Not that, in a handheld model. It's just not going to happen. But yes, I mean, I would be happy. Yeah. I'm thinking that that's maybe a realistic kind of thing. Yeah. Like we start seeing things where like PS4 style games and Xbox One games, they run fine on the system. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked about how you want a new screen really bad. Uh, even though the OLED's great, what what do you want in the screen that we don't have? Specifically, I want it to be 1080 in handheld. Yeah. That's what I want. Um, not that it really matters. I might even be happy with a 900 in handheld. I just, the 720, it's, although it looks really, like the OLED screen, the colors look really the good. The colors are great. The contrast the, is great. The, the brightness is great. The pixel density is just on the line of where it starts to bother me. And oh, yeah. I mean, it's just on the line. So yeah. I think... I would love a 1080 screen, Yep. but I think I would be plenty happy with a 900p screen. I think we go 1080 or bust, and then in docked, it's got to be 4K, or don't even give me that crap. Like, it's Tom. I don't even... That's so weird. I mean, like, I, I would... I agree. I would love 4K docked. Dude, it's got to be 4K. I docked. don't think... I don't care about 4K docked, because I, I play 1080 games all the time on my TV, and... and you, 
I think 1080 games look great. So it's like, I don't seem, I don't have an issue with it. Do you know how much crap they would get if they put out another console and they still couldn't do 4K on your TV? I think this. I think we're going to have 900 handheld 1440 docked. 1440. I mean, that's a really popular resolution. There's a lot of monitors that are 1440. And that's fine. That's a good look. That looks good too, but that's a half measure. We got to go 4K. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we do get 4K, it's going to be like this DLSS. It's going to be this That's AI fun. upscaling. That's 4K. Fun. And that can look really good. Yeah. I've seen the demos. So, yeah. I'll be happy. I, I do think I just want better. For me, it's all about handheld. I want it yeah. better in handheld. Me I don't too. care about dock. But, I mean, I would love it, but I, it's not a deal breaker. And you know what's important in handheld is ergonomics. And yes. the Switch has some of the... some. So, the Switch handheld i have i love i clearly love it but if i reach right here off camera you'll notice that on my switch stays the switch or the split pad pro because i just cannot play a handheld switch with the joy con mm -hmm. they're too little it's too flat there's nothing to hold on to my right hand like sucks trying to get down to the joystick it just doesn't work so i want better ergonomics but I don't want them to go like crazy with it. Like I, I still want it to be nice and compact, but just give me a little something, a little something to hold on to. You don't have to go as big as the Steam Deck, but give me something. I wonder <clears throat> if we're going to see that because the whole idea of the Joy-Con is very limiting. Yeah. Um, what I would be happy with is if Nintendo made like, okay, say the split pad. I would like to see with the next one we have. I don't mind the Joy-Con. I would think as a separate purchase, if they offered something that they called the Joy-Con Pro, yeah. which is essentially a pro controller split in half, basically the split pad, but without all the functionality ripped out. Yeah. Like something that still functions as real Joy-Con, but has the grips, you know, like everything. Um, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, like the thing with the Joy-Con, sorry, I punched you. Is like, you know, they want them to be like usable as like standalone controllers. Yeah. This would kind of suck that way. Yeah. So they would have to tweak that a little bit. But, you know, there's the new split pad compact, I think it's called. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen that? Where mm -hmm. it's like, it's like extends more out the back as opposed mm -hmm. to down. I think that might be a good, a good approach. Well, see, you're actually holding it upside down from what it would need to be. Oh, you're right. I am. Yeah, and that's, that's even worse now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just went there naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I would like to see a Joy-Con Pro mm -hmm. that was more ergonomic. But even if they could figure out a way to make the base Joy-Cons better, I mean, heck, yep. they'd be even better. They need to fix those dang joysticks. So maybe if they just made the Joy-Con <clears throat> bigger and put some sort of grip so that it could still be used. Yeah, D-pad. Uh, I don't care about the D-pad that much. I mean, I, I think it'd be better. I do. I do it think would it'd definitely be better. Because there's so many times that like you are trying to play something with the, that needs a D-pad and the buttons just they're it works, but it's just a barely a substitute. Yeah, I mean I love playing 2D games and you really need a D-pad. Mm -hmm. I hate those four buttons. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I I think you know the solution they have now works, but it's not ideal. No. So what about games? Are are there are there any games that you think are hold, like that they're not on the Switch right now that are holding back the system? That are not on the Switch? Yeah. Like, what do you want to see with the Switch Pro? <clears throat> like, what games do you want to see on it? Well, I mean, I've heard people say that once Call of Duty hits the Switch, it's validated. You know? But I don't give a crap about Call of Duty. So, 
I don't really have a problem with the selection of games, to be <laughs> honest with you. I mean, we've got a lot of third-party support. We got a lot of, it's a great place for indie games, so don't ruin that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm cool with the games. Yeah. I would, you know, it's, it's strange because, like, to me, I think that in terms of games, um, obviously Nintendo is going to keep putting out their first-party stuff. Oh, and yeah. and I want to I do want to see like I want to see a sequel to Mario Odyssey. I want to see the next Mario game. Oh God, me too. You know, I want to see the new Mario game. It's been so long. I didn't know we were speculating on first party sequels. I thought you meant like games that weren't that aren't there yet. That's what I'm. Well, uh, well, yeah, that. But also, a new Mario game isn't there. Oh yet. God, it's got to be there, <laughs> right? It'll be there. Um, also, I would love to see a new Mario Kart game. Yes, it's time to. But. I have a I have a theory about the new Mario Kart game. I think that Mario Kart 8 is the last traditional Mario Kart game we're ever going to see. You think it's just going to be like part of a I think we're going to a, a subscription now or something. I think that the next Mario Kart game will be a live service game and it will be the Mario Mario Kart game that happens in perpetuity, you know, perpetuity. Perpetuity. Yeah. Perpetually. I think it will be the Mario Kart game that just goes on. I think that we'll that's, have some sort of live service Mario Kart game and that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And, you know, while we're speculating about the, the future of games that we love, Smash. What's Smash going to be? I think Smash is going to be the same way. I mean... I think they've already taken a half measure there with Ultimate. They have. But, I mean, uh, the big speculation point with Smash is, is it going to have Sakura? You know? well, is yeah. he back? Is he coming back? Uh, no, I, I would say there's a... I don't know. You he's, never know He's threatened him. to leave before. You never know with him, so... I think I would love to have him back because he's like... He's, he's like my hero. I love him so much. He's brought mm-hmm. me so much joy. But uh, in some ways, some of his ideas I don't like. So I'm cool either way because Smash is such a big deal. They, surely to God, they won't ruin it again. Well, whether or not he comes back, I, I do think <clears throat> that the next Smash will be a live service game. And I think it will be the Smash game that just proceeds mm-hmm. from then on. Because I, I could just... The model for something like a competitive game, like Smash, like uh, Mario Kart, the model actually makes more sense to me as a live service game. I mean, I think it, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, like, I love Smash so much, I'm cool with that. We're, It'd be, like, constantly updating and changing, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. I mean, like, as long as they do it right, I yeah. think it actually makes more sense for those games. Um, does that mean it's going to have microtransactions? Well, I mean, it already does, in yeah. a way, but it's going to have more. Yeah, but I think that it kind of, that that game that is just like forever morphing and always getting stuff added, it makes sense for certain games. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the next Mario game hopefully won't be that way. God, can't then, you know, um, you know, Zelda games they're not going to have be that way. But yeah, Metroid Prime, which yeah. is never going to come out, obviously won't be that way because it's never coming out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I hope it does. Me too. But uh, speaking of the next Switch, if it is a Switch 2 and it is a true Switch successor, yeah, I think the absolute thing that they have to do, have to, have to, have to, have to do, okay. is it has to be backwards compatible with yes. all the current Switch games. Gotta be. I think if they try to do it again, where they say, hey, this next one's going to have its own games, it was okay when we got the Switch because everyone was so disappointed with the Wii U that they didn't care to leave those games behind. Yeah. And all of them have been ported anyway. But right. the Switch is so popular and people love the game so much. If you tell them that the next one will not play all their current Switch games, it's going to hurt the system badly. Yeah. 
It's going to hurt. Well, it's not going to hurt the system, but what it will hurt is people's, you know, like uh, it'll hurt people's trust in Nintendo and it'll make the consumers feel bad. Yeah. Which is not a good move. No, it has to be back, uh, backwards compatible. I mean, there's no way around it. Yeah, you can only do that once. Yeah, and I mean, those Wii U games were on full-size discs, you know, so, like, they wanted to go portable. Like, mm-hmm. I get that. That needed a solution. Right. You know, but now we got those little cartridges. Like, we think about, the, remember when the um, <coughs> when the PlayStation 4, <clears throat> when the PlayStation 4 first launched, that was a big thing is that it didn't play PS3 games. Right. Right? People were upset about it. Now, it didn't hurt the console in the long run but i think if we had had the ps5 come out and do the exact same thing and say can't play ps4 games mm-hmm. i think at that point people would have been like okay this re- now it really is making me mad yeah so i agree it has to be backwards compatible in my mind um well, I, th- I think we just built the perfect switch i think so i think that um we've said this a bunch of times but i really do think that if Nintendo decided to take the cell phone model and just do gradual improvements. You know, every couple of years, put out a new Switch that has some small advancements. And then at some point, start phasing out the old models so the games can't be played on them anymore. I think it might work. That would be a great idea. And then, you know, like with cell phones, you know, maybe you don't have to buy every single one. You know, maybe you wait a couple... Right, but they have yeah. to establish a pattern for us yeah. to be like, okay, I see what's happening now. Yeah. Agreed. And they need to let people know that that's what they're planning on doing. Yes. But, yeah. Okay, so that's all we, man, today was a Switch episode. Dude, so I love the that Switch. That brings us to the last uh, bit of the podcast, which is where we talk about what games we played this week. What you been playing, Randall? Um, so I finished a few games. I know last week I talked about a bunch of games I've been playing. I finished a few of those. I finished, uh, Catherine and I finished playing Inside. How'd you like that? Um, I did like it. I did like it. It's it's very artsy. Yeah, it is. And um, I think that for me, and especially for Catherine, like it makes some bold art artsy decisions that yeah I don't think are going to resonate with everybody. I they resonate a little bit more with me than they did with Cat, but I think overall we still enjoyed the game a lot. I, I think it's a a really great game. Nice. Um, if you're into that sort of thing. But that being said, it didn't, it wasn't like a perfect 10 out of 10 game for me, yeah. but I did enjoy it a lot. And then I also finished playing uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Nice. Yeah. Now, I, I, you, I can't remember. Did you play the original Luigi's Mansion game? Yes. I thought so. Because you were like OG GameCube player. Yes. So Dark Moon, as you know, is the sequel to that game. Yep. And um, it was, it was good. It was a good, solid game. Um, that being said, I thought it was too long mm. for a 3DS game. It was quite long. Yeah. And it's, and it's fairly repetitive. You know, the structure of a Luigi's Mansion game is pretty set. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that it wasn't quite as good as Luigi's Mansion three for the switch, but it was still a solid game. I feel you. And I finished playing, um, the walking dead saints and sinners. VR game, a VR game. And that was my first uh, I've never done, I've never watched, I don't know anything about The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So this is my first kind of entry point into the Walking Dead universe. That's crazy. And um, that game was really, it was one of my favorite VR games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't reach some of the highs of, say, something like Half-Life Alex, which yeah. is my favorite VR game I've ever played. Um, but it was a very, very solid VR game. And they have announced that a sequel 
is mm. coming out. Uh, it's going to be a, a PSVR game, PSVR 2, and it'll also be on Oculus Quest or um, Meta, Meta Pro. Meta, Meta Quest. Yeah, no, it'll be on, I think it'll be on the Quest 2. I think it's going to be. Yeah. So I will definitely play that game when it comes out. If it hasn't already come out, mm. I don't think it has, but there's a sequel to it. So does that make you in any way interested in like the rest of the Walking Dead franchise? Or you just like the game? Because I'm a big Walking Dead fan. More the comics more than the show, but I did I don't, like the show for a while. I don't know. I mean, like, there was nothing in the game that like made me be like, I gotta find out more about this world. It yeah. was a pretty like self-contained mm-hmm. and see, I don't know, like maybe if I was a Walking Dead fan, maybe I would have caught more of the references or Probably. If, if there were, you know, I don't know. I'm sure there was something. I do say, I would say that if you are a Walking Dead fan, I'm sure you would love this game. Um if you are a fan of VR games, I think you will love Saints and Sinners because it's it's brutal, um, very fun. It's got RPG elements. You can go. It's one of those games that like does it really well. You know, you mm-hmm. can go really deep into it if you want, but if you you can play the game and only lightly get into them if you want. It also, so you can nice. kind of choose how much you want to get into those. So it was awesome though. And then uh, so those are the games I finished, and then games I've been playing this week are. Um, Bayonetta 3, obviously. Still playing that. I was playing Sparks of Hope, like I mentioned. And then uh, the new game I started this week with Catherine is we started playing a game called Escape Academy. Escape Academy. Escape Academy. And it is a, uh, it's an escape room game. And, you know, like those, have you ever done an escape room? No, but I'm familiar with the concept. I did one a number of years ago. You didn't make it out though, right? Because you were with your family. I was with my family, and it was chaos, man. There was too many. Was. There were too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. Let me tell you that. And a lot of the chefs had never cooked before. Um, they should have just chilled out and let you, you and your dad do it. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe me and my dad, or maybe me and Catherine. That, that would have probably been even better. Yeah. That being said, uh, Catherine and I... Your dad's pretty smart, man. Yeah, I know. Don't discredit your father on the podcast. I'm not. I'm not discrediting my dad. But I'm saying, it, I think you know having someone like Escape Academy is actually a really fun game. I don't think it would be too much fun to play by yourself. I do think it's mostly something that is in maybe a better experience. I don't know if it's intended specifically for it, but it has a co-op mode, and I think it works really, really well. Because then you can kind of help with puzzles together. You don't have to be going back and forth looking at stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having a lot of fun with it. Nice. So, those are the games I'm playing. What about you, Daniel? What you been playing this week? Well, I started Nier Automata at your high recommendation. Yes. So, I'm playing that on PC. And so far, it's really cool. It's very vibey. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to play some more of it today. Um, I didn't get to play Fortnite this week yet. I'm I'm thinking I might play some today because it's Star Wars week. It is. And I haven't played any, and that's ridiculous. Um, But I did get on there and buy a couple skins, so we're good. I can be Luke Skywalker, so we're okay. (laughs) Um, you can have that forever now. Yes. Uh, I did play a little Sea of Thieves with you guys. Mm-hmm. And I've been obsessed for the past few days with a mobile game called Rocket League Sideswipe. It's not new, but it's new to me. Uh, and it's awesome. That game is freaking awesome. I've been playing a lot of mobile, though. Like, I got this new phone, and it's got a really nice screen on it. Mm-hmm. So I've been, like, trying to sample the mobile games, and I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. That, Rocket that League really game. appeals to the, like, bite-sized gamer in me. Yeah, I think, you know, especially since you're so busy, you know, you're a school yeah. teacher and you you only have so much time and energy. And I think that that is what mobile games are best for. That's oh, like yeah. when I was in college, I just didn't have the time or energy to be console gaming. Mm-hmm. And I played so many mobile games during that time. Yeah, 
I actually, um, I need to get back into Shovel Knight Dig because I've been jumping around so much I still haven't finished that. But, um, you know, I had an Apple Arcade subscription. Mm-hmm. And I started playing and enjoying so many mobile games that I actually didn't cancel it. Well, I mean, that's something right there. Yeah. I mean, it's four ninety nine, so it's not exactly putting me out of house and home. But uh, I had I actually did cancel it. And then I was like playing all these games and I was like, I'm getting this back. I'm, re- I'm re-upping this. <laughs> Speaking of, um, I've, I've been meaning to say this on the podcast for weeks. Um, I got Game Pass back. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? Um, okay, so. This is big news. Breaking news. Yeah, There's so a headline here. It's what it was is that um, Catherine and I wanted to play that game, Costume Quest, mm-hmm. and um, I went to go buy the game, and it's digital only. Okay, <clears throat> so because it's digital only, I could buy the game on anything. I could buy it on Switch. I could buy it on Xbox, PlayStation. It was twenty dollars for the game, and then I found out it was on Game Pass, and I could get Game Pass console for ten dollars. And I was like, well, it'll save me ten bucks. I'll go play this one game. And then I'll just cancel my subscription. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the very next game we want to play is Escape Academy, which is also digital only, which yeah. I would have purchased a physical copy if I wanted, you know, if it was available. And so I go to look for it and it is also a $20 game. Mm. And but it's, it's, on, on, it's game. on Game Pass. <laughs> so it just happened to be that these two games that we wanted to play back to back were both on Game Pass. And it the penny pincher in me was like, well, I'm going to save money. Yeah. By getting Game Pass instead of buying these games. Now, I may cancel it here in a couple of days, but um, wow. for the time being, I've been using Game Pass to get these past games. That is insane. You know, there is another mobile game I've been meaning to tell you about. I only played like an hour of it, so I didn't put it in here, but uh, it's called World of Demons. And guess who made it? I don't know. Who's Platinum it? Games. Platinum Games? So it apparently shares a lot of similarities combat-wise with Bayonetta and Nier Automata. Mm. So I'll be the judge of that after I play Nier Automata, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's good combat. It is good combat. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, I love the combat in both Bayonetta and Nier, yeah. or Nier Automata. And, uh, they're, and they're similar in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. They're obviously a little different from each other, but there are some similarities there. So, all right. So that's our games of the week. That brings us to, well, before we do the final thing, we got to remember here that mm. today's episode of the Gaming Gig Podcast is brought to you by Cana Bridge of Spirits. I was a little worried that I picked up the wrong game, but yeah. I got the right one. <laughs> I just reached back and grabbed it. Uh, guys, get Cana. That's all we have to say about that. Let me see if I can hit the... No, I'm not going to hit it. Don't hit, don't hit the Cana. That was good. That I was wanted really it to good. go like right in front of the screen. That was I think really I got it. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. I wanted it to look like we hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I actually I heard through the grapevine that Cana may be canceling our sponsorship. Are you serious? Yeah, that's what I heard. So we may need to look around. We may need to look around for something else. Just a little teaser. <laughs> anyway, we do want to shout out <clears throat> last week's Three for Dale Club. Remember, if you watch till the end, throw us a Three for Dale in the comments and we'll shout you out. Landon Stallings, you're the only member this week. We love you. Thank you, Landon. Thank you for being there all the way to the end for us. And if you made it all the way to the end, like Daniel said, just put Three for Dale in the comments. Let us know you made it to the end. And next week, we will shout you out at the end of the podcast. Straight up. All right. So until next time, guys, I'm Randy. And I'm Daniel. And this has been Gaming Gig. Peace out.